in the desire to be perfect, which I deeply deal with, is like this, I would like to learn all about how to be in human relationship so that I can perfect it without being in those relationships until I'm perfectly ready to do so, right? That's the desire. And that shows up across multiple spectrums. And when you are doing a podcast, you are in relationship. You're having a conversation with your audience. So it is, in fact, vulnerable. And it is, in fact, a conversation and something you have to show up for. Welcome to another episode of Listeners to Lead, where I'm helping podcasters launch and maintain a lead generating show. I'm your host, Alicia Galati, the CEO and head podcast strategist behind Galati Media, a full service podcast management company. On this show, you'll hear my guests and I discuss everything it takes to launch a successful podcast and keep it running. If you're ready to get leads, land speaking gigs, and create deeper connections with your audience through your podcast, then this is the show for you. Today on the podcast, we have Christina. She is such an incredible person. I am really excited to share her with you. She is a very interesting and very, I don't want to use the word jarring because that's not the right word, but I'm thinking the word polarizing podcast, polarizing content, and it really allows her to attract the people that she actually wants to have listened to the podcast. And I think that's such an underutilized strategy to really hone in on who it is that you want to talk to and repelling the people that you don't want listening to your show. Without further ado, please join me in welcoming Christina to the show. Hello, Christina. I'm so excited to have you on. I know I say that to everybody, but seriously, Christina and I have, we go back a couple months and connected and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to have you on my podcast. So if you could just tell everyone who you are, what you do and about your show. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We did connect online and I'm so glad we did. I'm an embodiment and intuition coach. I'm also an energy coach. I studied through Devoted Energy Coaching School and Beautiful You Coaching Academy in Australia. And I serve people who are not served by the systems in our society. So I work with people who are on the edges of things and find that the systems of our culture and society do not work for them Mm. and support them to come back to themselves, to move, to know how to make decisions from a place of confidence and that feels aligned with them. I have a podcast called Bitches, Witches, and Queers, and I facilitate groups and one-on-one coaching. Love that. And I love the title because it's very polarizing, which I love for titles. And it lets people know pretty quickly, is this for me or is it not? How did you come up with that title and decide this is what I'm going to call it? You nailed it. It's polarizing. It's actually my favorite thing because... I don't know if you've seen, there's like a reel going around that's like, I don't have time when I'm making friends. Tell me, were you mad when the mermaid was black? And where were you on January 6th? (laughs) Like, I don't know. That's kind of what it's like. It's like, it's a filter. And I was at a party recently where I was like, oh, this seems like these people are cool. I threw out my podcast name to someone who I was talking with and they were like, oh, (laughs) and I was like, all right, it was nice meeting you. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> I was like, moving on. <laughs> not my people. <laughs> but yeah, I was actually speaking on my Instagram to my followers one Sunday morning. And I had been thinking about like, I never like manifested a name before. So I thought, 
but I had been having a conversation on my podcast before I changed the name with Aaliyah Lovely. And she had said that she manifested her podcast name. And I thought, that's really cool. So I was offering this prayer of sorts to my followers that was just like a blessing. And I had Paula Santo and I was like, good morning, bitches, witches, and queers. And I was like, fuck, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, yep, I love it. That came from the gods and I'm taking it. (laughs) I love that. And just being able to say like, yep, this is it. There's no and or buts about it. This is it. I tend to not be super creative. I mean, clearly my podcast is called Listeners to Leads. It's like, just tell them, tell them what it is. That's it. And so like, anytime my clients are like, Ooh, what if we called it this? I'm like, but are people going to search that? No, honey. So I love yours because people could be looking for witchy podcasts or queer podcasts or things like that. And that's going to allow you to show up. So I love that because it lets you find your people very easily. You've been podcasting since 2021. What did that start like, that journey to into podcasting look like for you? Oh, I'm like a, a hot mess when it comes to creativity. It's my gift and like maybe a weakness. I don't know. I just like start to do things. I was halfway through a coaching school and I had heard, you know, some people have podcasts and I was like, I can talk. <laughs> Why don't I try that? And so I started off doing two at the same time. I was recording with a friend and we were doing another one. And then I also at the same time started mine, which was originally called Religious Renegade. And I came up with a premise for it, which was like interviewing people on their deconstruction journeys and like spiritual journey. I got bored with it really fast though, because it felt like super limited to me and I wanted to talk about what people were thinking now and like how their lives were going now and like what they were building and what they were growing into spiritually and like what that could look like in the future. Where are they now? <laughs> you know, like that episode, that's the episode that I wanted. And I, I think there was just a part of me that knew if I'm going to do this, I have to actually fucking care about it. Like I have to be interested in what I'm talking about. So I just kind of like allowed it to continue to morph. And then when that name came to me, I knew that it was time to really shift the direction of my podcast to be more me and polarizing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love it. When I started my hobby podcast with my sister about cults, it was uh, around the same time that after my mom had passed, she was in a cult for a really long time. And so it was our way of almost understanding it. But it got to the point where we were talking about these absolutely horrific things and terrible human beings. And we had gotten to a point where we understood why she had gone into the cult. We had kind of worked through our grief and some of the trauma of growing up in a cult. And we're like, I'm kind of done. (laughs) And this doesn't feel good anymore. So I love that you were able to take what you had and shift it into something that feels more you and feels more aligned. And I've been seeing this as, I don't want to say it's a trend, but I've been seeing this in the people that I've been interviewing where they have started. And it's not even that they do like a whole big rebrand or this big, huge, like hoopla of like, all right, brand new podcast, we're going to change everything. It's just these little tweaks that allow them to show up more themselves. And I am here for it. I love it. 
Yes, absolutely. And that's, you named something so critical, which is like kind of a center point for my work is sometimes like when you're done with that, I kind of get it and I've processed it. It's not like now I'm wow healed, but it's like now is the time to heal because I've been angry and I've been processing but now how do I move forward? How do I go forward? And that's where my work comes in. That's where I like to work with people. It's like, are you done being, I mean, I'm still pissed about things, you know, but like <laughs> my focus isn't on that anymore. And it's not everything is tracing back to understand where I've come from. That's where I'm meeting people is like, okay, now what? Yeah. And I mean, this gives people space, right? To not even recreate themselves, but to lean more into themselves of like who they want to be, which I think is so important, especially when you are using your voice and influencing other people on a show to be your most authentic self. I remember hearing someone say that they met someone at a podcast event and the person was nothing like their podcast personality. And I'm like, I cannot imagine. No, I will be the same exact person. I will overshare like crazy if it's like small groups. Heck yes, you are going to hear all my crazy stories. And <laughs> you are going to probably hear the same stories that I tell at like all the parties. So I don't have a lot of them. You're going to hear them all. <laughs> You'll usually see me with a whiskey sour. If you have ever seen me at a podcast event, you know I drink my whiskey sour. So like, there's like, like this is me. This is how I show up. I'm going to talk like this. I'm not going to over edit myself. I might take out like the ums and the fumbles to come across more professional because I want people to buy from my business. Sure. But what you get is me. So as you're able to kind of shift into this more true self, I think that it allows us to really connect on a deeper level with our audience and weed out the people who maybe aren't really there for us. Yes, that is that is exactly it. And that's like both the vulnerability and beauty of speaking and being you. I think that if we don't deal with the feelings of vulnerability around sharing on a podcast or in a public way, then we end up creating a persona without even knowing it that isn't actually us. And then it's just, it doesn't feel as good as it could when it's actually like, if, if you're showing up as you, you're getting people in your audience who like you and you don't have to put in the effort to like put on this whatever mask or persona to be perceived in a particular way. It's just like you that people like. Yes. Yeah. I had a client, she got on a call recently with me and she's like, I had my first fangirl moment in person. And I was like, oh my God, what happened? <laughs> she said that this person that had been following her, her online journey for a few years is a huge podcast listener and wanted to join a friend who was a mutual friend with her for coffee. And they sat down and the person was like, I listened to all of your podcasts. I love when you said this. And I took this to heart and I did like, I took this action. And oh my gosh, I just love your podcast so much. And I was just like, 
oh, I love when that stuff happens. It makes me so happy. And it's like, she didn't have to be like, oh, I have to switch over while I'm having coffee with my friend to my podcast persona. Like, no, because this is her. This is how she shows up. And she was able to say like, yes, awesome. Thank you. This is really weird, but also cool. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, because if you had a persona on your podcast and someone went up to you in person, It's not like you would fully be able to switch over anyway. You would just feel really uncomfortable. (laughs) But like, it's just so incongruent. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's so wonderful to be able to just be yourself, right? There's just so much freedom in that. Let's talk about perfectionism. As a fellow perfectionist, I have been talking to my friends recently about they want to launch another podcast, all of us. And I'm like, yes, and... (laughs) Because I, there's a perfect way to do it, obviously, (laughs) because we talk about it here constantly, (laughs) right? Exactly. But how would you recommend people who are like feeling like that is stopping them from taking action, from launching that podcast or doing that thing or being their true authentic self, addressing that perfectionism? Well, in the coaching world, we say a lot that action is the antidote to fear. And it really is true. There's like in the desire to be perfect, which I deeply deal with is like this, I would like to learn all about how to be in human relationship so that I can perfect it without being in those relationships until I'm perfectly ready to do so, right? That's the desire. And that shows up across multiple spectrums. And when you're doing a podcast, you are in relationship, you're having a conversation with your audience. So it is in fact, vulnerable. And it is in fact, a conversation and something you have to show up for. So in that way, I feel like looking at your podcast as a way of showing up in relationship that you are seeking to do well, but also human can be helpful. As far as like my advice is just and this might be the human design three in me, but just like, try some shit. Like, it's so easy to be like, I need this plan and this and this and this. I'm like, yeah, there's ridiculous moments in my podcast over the past two years and like embarrassingly bad audio. And also I've learned from the process and like I did it. And in all of that, there has been quality content. And what my mantra for this year is when I show up and speak, my wisdom changes people. Because it does. And like, if you are someone who's, I want to have a podcast, you must have things to say. You must already have opinions, right? I know you do. (laughs) It just takes a tiny bit of digging, especially if you've already thought about this, then you're someone who has opinions and those things are worth hearing. And underneath it all, it's like people want to hear you and they want to see you. So I think the practice of just starting and maybe start shorter if you're scared start with a shorter episode or smaller ways of showing up in public if you haven't used your voice in public maybe try making reels and recording yourself talk or having someone else there to support your voice in that process to be like giving you the thumbs up in the background like yeah this is good you know whatever it is bring in the support that you would need to do anything new like an audio team or like if that if that's going to help you deal with that part and so you don't have to think about it do that. If you need someone in front of you to talk to, interview people instead of doing it solo for a while. That's what I've done. There's no rules. And that might be the scariest and the best thing about it. (laughs) And that's something that I've definitely learned because if someone had asked me a year ago, 
should I start a limited series podcast? I'd be like, well, why not just start a regular one and like go on forever? <laughs> like, what's the difference? Why? What's your, why would you not want to just keep going? And I had to realize that like, one, not everyone's like Alicia. So there's that. <laughs> and two, that there is room in podcasting for everyone, no matter what. And I think that working with, uh, we worked with a real estate investment company last year to launch a few courses and using that audio side to launch courses and realizing that we could use that to launch mini series for people to supplement their memberships or to supplement their courses. And like, there are other ways to use your voice other than just, Hey, I'm going to show up every week for my audience to test things out and see if they work for you. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. Like you said, there are no rules except maybe do market research. That's my only rule. (laughs) (laughs) Alicia's like, except for these five special rules. But for real, like I have a friend, she wants to launch a podcast or she's been thinking about launching a podcast about reading and about books. And she's like, is the market too, are there too many people talking about it? I already listened to so many podcasts that are about reading and about books. And I said, well, There are 5 million podcasts on Spotify and only 400,000 of them are producing regularly. There's room for you, period. Also, no one is going to have your particular take or opinions on every single book that you talk about. That's just not going to happen. So you're going to find your people. You're going to find the people who are like, I only listen to podcasts about books. And then they're going to listen to yours. And guess what? They're going to listen to five other podcasts about books. It's not like you're going to be the only one. So yes, there is room for you. But do your research. (laughs) I love thinking about like, especially a limited series, because I love TV and movies, and I consume it in all forms, right? So it's like, I love a mini series. But I also love shows that have eight seasons. It's not like I'm going to pick one and that's the only thing I like. And also, you just never know what people are into. Like, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, which is funny. Um, I listen to like three. One of them is like true crime comedy. That's, I love it. It's great. But you just don't (laughs) know. You don't know what your like Instagram audience actually listens to. You don't, unless you ask, you don't know. I think we make a lot of assumptions about what people want without checking first mm-hmm. that, that's our codependence there's that market research there's the market made. research <laughs> right there <Yep. laughs> if we haven't taught you anything <laughs> in this episode please do some market research <laughs> and be true to yourself that too yes <laughs> so you mentioned that you in the beginning had a lot of people on to interview to really get you know what happened in their lives to really understand them and This idea of like inviting people in to the creative process. We also have a client where she did almost exclusively guest episodes last year. Maybe she did five solos. This year she's moving more towards solos, less guests or more of a 50-50. But it is really beneficial bringing people in to that creative process. So what has that kind of looked like for you? Well, I love that you just described that because I'm in a very similar place. Almost every podcast episode last year was with someone else. Mm-hmm. And this year I am moving into more solo podcast episodes. However, I'll still be doing interviews. I think for me, it was a safe way to bring my voice into a space. 
and to not deal with all of my insecurities at the exact same time. Yeah. And also like I wanted to hear, I wanted to hear what my ideal client was doing. I wanted to hear from them. I wanted to hear their thoughts. I wanted to ask questions and just listen to people and sometimes coach people alive. I wanted to be seen doing some of what I do, which happens with other people. And I think a part of me, if I'm really honest, was insecure about my own wisdom and words to share. And so bringing in someone else helped me mitigate that. And Mm -hmm. I have more capacity this year to deal with my own bullshit. So I'm stepping into that (laughs) a little bit more. (laughs) But I love that. And I think that it's so true, especially that's one of the things that does stop us, right? From having that podcast. And it is that idea of like, well, I don't know what I'm going to say. And I have to come up with things to say. And I can't talk for very long by myself. Like, I can't personally. I have a friend. She has a 45 minute solos and I'm just like, girl, how in the world do you talk to yourself that well? That's you. Yes. <laughs> Christina's pointing at herself. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. I can, I get like 20 minutes. I'm like, oh, I'm winded. Okay, we're done. <laughs> I could talk for hours, like actual hours. I my My insecurity <laughs> is around like, is it interesting? And Will people mm. listen? But I've actually, you know, this is a really random side note for like what got me into podcasting. But in 2020, during the pandemic, I made an online friend and started Marco Poloing them, which if you don't know what Marco Polo is, it's a voice memo app with video. So you send videos of yourself talking to someone. We started recording like 17 minutes at a time to each other. <laughs> so I, I would be, I talked multiple times a day especially during lockdown for like 17 minutes at a time just to someone who wasn't responding to me in the moment and that was insanely good practice for coming up with things to say (laughs) there you go yeah i use voxer to voice memo my friends and i'm in a group chat where it's like all right this is going to be a short one or all this is going to be a long one you're looking at like 10 15 minutes here (laughs) i have a story to tell y'all here we go (laughs) we have to like preface our boxes with that because we're all busy people we get it <laughs> yeah and like it feels so good to be seen or to be like heard or seen mm-hmm. in that way by your friends because I feel like that gives a boost of support and confidence for stepping into something like a podcast or like a video of a class or course you're selling it's like no people like my stories people listen to me yes and realizing that I feel like this is something that a lot of people who start podcasts say is we were having, especially co-hosted ones, we were having so many conversations that we were like, other people need to hear this. Literally what I wrote down about why you started this. I was like, well, I have really great thoughts and conversations and I think other people need to hear them. Yeah. I think inviting other people in is such an easy way to really find your voice. Like you said, to really hone in on your skills of like becoming a good interviewer, becoming a good listener, And I think it also takes skill, too, of like redirecting conversations. I'm someone who my mind likes to wander. And so I'm like, okay, I'm looking at the time as a host. All right, I want to keep this around 30 minutes. Great. All right, where are we in the conversation? Where are we going with the conversation? But I also want to be as present as possible to get as much as we can out of the conversation. So it's like, it's a balancing act. And it also allows you to really listen, too, which I think is 
something that we don't do enough as people mm. is listening, not just to what do I want to say next, but to really hear what the person's actually saying. And if we yeah. didn't, then we can go back and listen. Yeah, because we fucking recorded it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Perfect. I love it. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave people with as we're kind of coming to the end of our time on your podcasting journey or any encouragement for people that are like just starting out and they're like, two years, holy cow. I don't know if I can make it to next week. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to. My mom, bless her, gave me some advice that I didn't take, but I think applies here. She was talking about loving someone and, you know, I broke up with this person, but she's like, I was like, I don't know if I can love them forever. And she was like, do you love them today? And like, my relationship with my podcast is one of love. Like, it isn't like, can you do this for two years? It's, mm -hmm. are you committed to this today? Finding out why you're doing it. Finding something in there for you is going to keep you coming back. Something that you enjoy on all levels. Like you enjoy making it. You enjoy sharing it. You enjoy like the process of it. Your joy should be centered in a creative project. And that's going to emanate to other people. So one day at a time, coming back to something that brings you joy, whether that's, you know, once or twice a month or whatever you're spending on this is like, allow it to be pleasurable. Put your pleasure at the forefront of making something and it'll be easy for you to come back to. Yeah. And it shows up in the audio and in the conversations that you have and the people that you have on, because you're not just doing it out of I'm doing bunny ears over here, duty, <laughs> like, you know, you're not doing, you're not doing it out of that. You're doing it because it's like, this is a passion. This is something that I am excited about. When I talk about podcasting, I get jazzed. I know people don't say that anymore, but I get jazzed. I get excited. And like, I could talk about this all the time. So we're just going to keep talking about it. <laughs> you guys are going to have me on the show for a while. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> See, nobody's sorry. They want to be here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because they are exactly. also as jazzed as you are. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love it. Oh, this has been so good, Christina. Where can people find you, listen to your podcast, hang out with you? Yay. I won't say the www. It's very hard to say. ChristinaMCarlson.com. So C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-M-C-A-R-L-S-O-N.com. That's my website. I am on Instagram at Christina Carlson Life Coach, and that is also my email. I hang out on Instagram a lot, and I update my website regularly. But if you're looking for updates, you can get on my mailing list from either of those spaces. I also have a very amazing quiz that's coming out very soon on what your rule-breaking type is. So lovely. Look out for that. <laughs> Oh, so fun. And we'll make sure that we link all of that in the show notes. So if you're driving or if you want to come back to this, we will have those links for you listeners. Thank you so much for being on today. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Listeners to Leads. If you found something in this episode valuable, I would really appreciate it if you shared it with a friend who you know would also get value from it. Want to send me a message? My favorite place to hang out is Instagram. You can find me at alicia.lotti. Let me know what your favorite takeaway was from the episode. And don't forget, turning those listeners into leads is actually easy.